I do think that as long as it's not everyone in the group sharing that they've been pregnant, it can definitely remind people of the hope. This can happen. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Family building is supposed to be easy, and it can be a shock when it's not. The roller coaster ride of infertility can be a mix of emotions and conflicting advice along the way. As a reproductive endocrinologist and former fertility patient, I not only help patients build families every day, but I remember what the ride was like for me. Hang on tight as we learn together from experts and share stories from infertility warriors with compassion. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Shaheen, and this is Baby or Bust. Today, we're speaking with Kim Nicholson, founder of an infertility support group in Bellevue, Washington. An infertility warrior herself, Kim found strength in support from others, and she found a way to pay it forward by starting her own support group. Today, we'll be asking Kim about the pros and cons of finding and joining an infertility support group. And by the end of the interview today, I'm really hoping that you can decide if this is a support option that's right for you. Kim, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. How did you decide to start your own infertility support group? Gosh, in going through infertility, when I did, you know, I was in my young 30s, so still younger. No one else was going through it. No one in my family had dealt with it. And so like a lifeboat for me within my journey was when I finally got connected with a support group. It was just so nice to finally meet people who understood what myself and my husband were going through just made such a huge impact. And so after I was on the other side of infertility, I just really wanted to give back. I love doing stuff that helps empower people. You know, my bachelor's degree is in psychology. So I just wanted to get back involved and I came across Resolve and they offer peer-led support groups. And so I thought, oh, this is a great opportunity to basically just try and connect people so that they can meet other folks going through infertility. I often hear people talk about how isolating it can be and lonely it can be to be going through infertility when it feels like everyone in your friend group is getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. It sounds like that was an experience for you. Oh, for sure. Either my friends were not trying at all, like it wasn't even on their radar yet that they wanted to have kids, or if they were trying, they were getting pregnant right away. And so we would be going out to meet friends out at a bar, and I would have to, one, not drink because of being in a cycle, and then two, have to leave to go administer a shot. Having to do that when everyone else is not in that same mindset or even just on their radar, it's very isolating. So yeah, I definitely felt that there was just no one who really got it besides my husband. But even then, you can only <laughs> so much turn to your husband, you kind of or your partner, you know, it's nice to have other folks around. Absolutely. We know and I know in my practice that mental and emotional well being is as important maybe even more important <laughs> than some of the treatments that we give. And we talk to people about a lot of different options. So 
we say, hey, we think it's really important to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and paying attention to this part in your journey. But there's options. There's one-on-one therapy. There's apps that you can use for mindfulness. There's books. And then there's support groups. And so I'm curious, did you look at all of the options and decide on a support group? Or how did you decide that that was the right fit for you? I was so emotional and drained. We'd probably been trying at that point for over two years. And so my husband called Pacific Northwest Fertility and asked our nurse coordinator, do you know of any support groups? How can we find people that are going through this? And so really, because I was in that state and we were kind of desperate to meet other people, and then lo and behold, this support group was starting in like a few weeks, I feel like everything kind of aligned. And so actually, I didn't really reach out much beyond that because I got lucky. And what's funny is right now, there's also just a ton of support you can receive from uh, social media too. But I never really went that route during my journey. And maybe that speaks to my age or (laughs) that's another outlet too that I didn't really pursue. But now that I'm involved in it, you know, on Instagram and through the support group and stuff, I definitely see that that can be a nice outlet as well. You described something that I see so often in my practice and in myself as well, the focus on the end goal and compartmentalizing. This isn't happening naturally. I just got to get the testing done. I just got to get the treatment. And IVF is hard, the shots and the appointments. And But you're like, oh, I can just do it. I can just do it as long as I have that transfer to look forward to. And so when that goal was taken away from you, that's a hard fall. Yeah. Looking back on that unexpected change in your path and looking back now, do you wish or do you recommend to people to kind of try to seek support before they fall? Yes, for sure. We have folks that are just starting, like literally haven't even met their RE or reproductive endocrinologist. And then we have folks who have been trying for six or seven years and are on their eighth IVF cycle. And so it runs the gamut. But I always tell folks who are at the very beginning of their journey, two things. One, that I'm so proud of them for showing up for themselves so early on, because having the support all the way through, I think it can only help. And then two, because we share our stories in the support group, I also say, hey, (laughs) I know that this can be overwhelming from the get-go and just try and take it all in. Just because this happened to this person doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. You're just kind of gaining more information, which can make you a better advocate for yourself as you go down the path. How do people get started? How do they find a support group? If you go to the resolve.org website, there's a tab at the top that says get support. You can find your local groups there by just entering in where you live and a bunch will pop up, which is fantastic. So that's how you would find my group. And in there, it gives contact information of who's leading it, you know, email to reach out to uh, because you always want to email the host before just showing up. But also I would ask the clinics, even acupuncture clinics, anyone who's associated with fertility. I know, 
Yoga for Fertility, they have a lot of ideas of where to go and support groups. Because I think we're all in this community trying to share our resources, right? Absolutely. I also talk to my patients and talk to people through social media who say, oh, thanks so much. I went to Resolve. I know this is a national nonprofit, but there's nothing in my zip code. Are there any other ideas? Churches often have support groups. A lot of children's hospitals or the women's hospitals will often have support groups for fertility or miscarriage and other just sort of community networks, I think. One thing I did want to add, though, about, you know, how you were saying uh, sometimes people can't find a group close by. I mean, one of the wonderful things that is come out of this pandemic is even in my group last month, we had a woman from Tacoma who was joining and we had two people from LA. How wonderful is that? With our meetings being virtual and over Zoom now, it's so nice because folks can join from anywhere. It's just really nice because it makes it so much more available right now than before. What's a meeting like? We usually start out with some sort of icebreaker because It's once a month, so it's not the same people every time. I mean, there's definitely some consistency for a couple months, but hopefully, you know, people resolve uh, their fertility and, you know, they get pregnant and then they don't need to need the group anymore. And so we usually do some sort of light icebreaker just to get to know each other slightly, you know, before delving into all these personal topics. Uh, I think that's another thing that can make infertility pretty isolating is because, You're talking about sex and just a lot of stuff that most people don't just openly share with strangers, right? And then I usually share people's contact information after the meeting of those that joined so that they can connect outside of the group as well if they'd like. And also just reminding people I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm just someone who went through infertility know a variety of things about it, but I'm definitely not a therapist and can give advice and definitely not medical advice. And then usually I share a little bit about my story just to kind of get things going and let people feel comfortable with sharing more intimate details of our past. And I tell people you can either share your journey, kind of where you've been, or if there's just one particular thing in the last month that has really just been challenging for you or on your mind, feel free to share that. And also, if you don't want to share, you don't feel comfortable, you definitely don't have to. The folks go around and through sharing their story, I mean, a lot of people find parallels to their own story. You know, people go to same clinics, similar doctors, but usually it's more kind of like that information gathering, which I think is really helpful. I always tell folks that have graduated on, you went through a lot, that'll stick with you. I mean, good news, the strength sticks with you as well, but you put so much effort into having this baby. And then when the baby is tough and turns your life upside down, um, I think it's really hard for folks who maybe spent their life savings on trying to do IVF and make this baby. And suddenly it's not all that they dreamed about. Um, and I think there's even some um, you know, research around postpartum depression and those that go through infertility. Are there any things that you picked up or tips or techniques that you learned from your support group that carried you through your own journey? I had never up until hitting infertility done any sort of meditation or just kind of a lot of self-reflection, you know? 
you know, try and do just a little bit every day. You know, it doesn't need to be this whole half an hour session by the water, you know, perfect scenario. But just take a couple minutes first thing when you wake up and just try and get into a positive space, a calming space, and then kind of tackle your day. That definitely helped. And I found while I was doing acupuncture for infertility, that was like my favorite hour of every week. It forced me to have quiet time because you can't have your phone, you can't move your body around, you know, you're just there and you're still. And just having those moments to reflect and really try and focus on kind of positivity and stuff like that really, I think, helped a lot. What are the pros of finding a support group? I think the biggest one is connecting with other folks that are going through this. You know, the women that I met in my group, I'm still friends with today. You know, I think when you go through something that is trying and challenging and somewhat long-lasting, you definitely form a bond very quickly. I think that those can become lifelong friendships. And in addition, while you're going through it, it's almost too bad that we only meet monthly because so much can happen in a month when it comes to infertility, right? And the group that I was in, it met weekly for 10 weeks, which was so nice. Uh, So you could really build on each week. Since this group only meets once a month, you know, there's so many moments, especially with all the different treatments that there are right now, where you just want to be able to text someone, you know, if something happens or if you have a quick question. I think just finding people that could be that outlet is very helpful. And so just by hearing people's stories, you're taking in so much information and people will share podcasts that they listen to, you know, that have provided lots of information for them. And so I think just that information sharing is a huge benefit of joining a group because, again, you can just be more of an advocate for yourself. You have mentioned a couple of times just one of the benefits of your first group was finding that friendship. Mm -hmm. Pick one of the friends that that you're still friends with now that you met. This must have been eight or nine years ago. Yeah, no, I was seven. So, yeah, it was like eight or nine years ago. Gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So pick one of those friends that you're still friends with and tell me a little bit about how that friendship started and where it is now. I don't know if she'll want me to share her name. So I'll just say, call her Julie. Julie was in the support group. And another thing that was great about the support group, it was for women and their partners. So that was huge because I also feel like there's a huge need for support groups for partners that are dealing with infertility because it affects them in very different ways, you know, and infertility has such a stress on marriages, on relationships. I met Julie and her husband, and they were also going through IVF at the time. You know, when I joined, I was in between the cycle and doing the frozen transfer. So I hadn't yet become pregnant yet. And she was just about to, I think, start an IVF cycle. It was only four couples, and so it was a very intimate setting. And since we were meeting every week, it was kind of very conducive to just instantly bond. We were all, you know, within maybe five years of each other in age. I was still in the group when I was doing the medicated frozen transfer. And so I was really lucky in that I had that support group, like right in the meat of the cycle and right when all my hopes and dreams were on the line and really needed support and attention, I guess. 
And so Julie, uh, she went through a cycle and it did not work out for her during the support group. And that was, I think, really challenging within the support group because two of us went through IVF, got pregnant. One woman was just about to start an IVF cycle and got pregnant miraculously, like one of those, you know, one in a million things. Julie was the only one who didn't get pregnant through her first round. And that is a tough spot. That can be a challenging part of this support group thing is not everyone is going to be on the same timeline you want them to be. And then once you're pregnant, you're worrying about other things. You know, your mind is focused on your next chapter. And so sometimes I think folks can feel left out. I mean, luckily with the Resolve support group, people are constantly cycling in. So it's not like this group goes and there's only one person left. So that's nice. But in this particular group, Julie kind of got left behind. We were so connected outside of the group. We lived close by to each other. So we'd go on walks, you know, it was summertime, just lots of long talks. And she was really, really great about being happy for us, but still struggling, obviously, on her own. And I think we were all very well aware, the rest of us, like, we don't want to gloat this or put this in her face. You know, she was here for us. We want to be there for her. And luckily, she eventually uh, did go through an IVF cycle, actually, with a donor egg and got pregnant. I, along with the two other women, planned her baby shower and put it on for her. It was at one of the other women's houses. So we were really there to celebrate all of us going through this. It was just a lot of fun. You know, we ended up being very lucky in that although our timelines did not all go together, they were roughly around the same. And then we have all since tried for baby number two, and we have all been lucky and had baby number two. Julie was the last one to have her second child, and she was going through um, egg donor, and so that's a whole nother, you know, can of worms. But yeah, she last year had her second baby. I love that story. Thanks for sharing that. It's really great that you found somebody else in a parent group. I remember we shared kind of our birth stories, and mine, because... I had to have a C-section. Me trying to always find the humor in everything. I was like, yeah, I couldn't get pregnant. <laughs> I had to have a baby through IVF. And then, you know, she was breached, so I had to have a C-section. <laughs> and then uh, she wouldn't latch, so I had to pump, you know. So basically, science has helped me out with my family in, like, every aspect. <laughs> <laughs> I can heal through stuff by sh sharing it with others. And... You know, some people, they like to keep things close to the chest, you know, or close to the vest, and that's not a coping mechanism for them. I was very open with my infertility story, and so when I shared it, she was like, oh, yeah, I went through XYZ, and this is the clinic I went through, and, you know, so that just opened the door for more uh, conversation. And you're like, bam, you're my friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's like that meme that's like, you know, you meet someone who's going through infertility and it's like, did we just become best friends, you know? <laughs> yes, I know that meme. It's with Will uh, Farrell, and it's from that Step Brother uh, movie. Yeah. And it's like the two of them and they're like, oh my gosh, no, we're best right, friends. Right, exactly. I totally know that meme. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. 
But I do think it's important to ask about any cons or negatives that you can think of for groups. Certainly people are going to be nervous that it might not be for them. And they might want to know, gosh, you know, what could be a negative about finding a support group? Yeah. You know, with everything, there's pros and cons, right? Nothing is perfect. (laughs) That's like life lesson number one, right? (laughs) If you're not someone that feels comfortable sharing details, or you're not going to gain anything from it, then it might not be the right avenue for you. I think also, like I said, with folks that are starting out on their journey, even though that's the best time to join, I think it can sometimes be very overwhelming if you're hearing, gosh, this person has been trying for five years and I haven't even met with my doctor yet. Like, is this the path for me? What am I signing up for? It can be definitely very overwhelming and just like, oh man, this is what I have in front of me. I've had a patient just this week talk about that. Like, oh, thank you so much for referring me to this group. But I went there and it was just really overwhelming. People with pretty challenging stories. And she's going to take a break. She's going to find an individual one-on-one therapy because that seems right for her. But she's glad that she tried the group. It just wasn't that right fit at this particular time. Yeah, for sure. And that's the lovely thing. We're always here. You know, you can just show up when it feels right, when it feels ready, and like it's going to be of help to you. You know, I just hope that everyone leaves feeling a little lighter, that they're heard, that they feel seen and understood. Um, I think the other possible con is folks listening to other stories and comparing or competing. If it gets to that and then that person gets pregnant, I think it can be a big blow, you know, because this is your support group. And if suddenly, you know, it's not anymore, that can be tough. And there's a sense of guilt, too, when you get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Do you ever find that people have difficulty sharing? How does that happen in the group? Most people I find, once they find out that they're pregnant, I feel like most don't come again. They'll message me, you know, email me and share the wonderful news. But I think they know that it's so hard to be on the other end of hearing that news. But for the folks that do come, I do think that as long as it's not everyone in the group sharing that they've been pregnant, it can definitely remind people of the hope. And usually that person has been in the group for X amount of times. And so they know the story about what this person has gone through. And it's natural, I think, human tendency to want to root for your friends and want the best for them. Even though it's hard to hear, I feel like it can be a win in that, like a win for the team, you know, like this can happen, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. If somebody was interested in starting their own support group, how would they learn more about that? I actually went to some of the groups that were already active in Seattle. Since I had never been as a participant, I just wanted to like see if it was for me. And so I had reached out to the host of that group just to ask if I could just come and, you know, maybe not participate at all, but just be a bystander. And so that helped me um, just get a feel for what it would be like um, and what the dialogue is like, what happens in a meeting, stuff like that. 
And then once you have interest, then through Resolve, you kind of go through a little bit like an interview process kind of where you share a little bit about yourself. They chat with you. And then once it's agreed upon that you'll go forward with it, then you go through like a little training video of sorts. <laughs> but then from there on, it's kind of on your own. You know, I had made a lot of pamphlets and stuff to pass out that I left at a lot of different clinics and various different fertility providers, acupuncturists, stuff like that to just spread the word. Because that's really the thing that you need is to get the word out that these support groups even exist. And I feel like the group is best when we have six to 10 participants because it's enough time for everyone to have a chance to talk and share. But it also provides a lot of dialogue because there's six or 10 different stories to share. And so, yeah, then you find a place to hold your support group and you're off and running. The support that you get from a fertility support group like Resolve or the mind-body course, how is that different from support from your partner and from friends? The biggest thing is just being fully understood because I think the emotions run so deep with infertility because it affects all parts of your life, friendships, your finances, your career, your marriage, everything. It's all these hormones that are in your body that your emotions become even more unstable or more pronounced, I guess. <laughs> so in these meetings, you're talking with people who truly get it and understand it and can empathize with you. They've been in a similar spot. You just get a level of being heard that I don't think you get from folks who haven't gone through infertility. One other thing that people have told me too that they like about support groups is the ability to leave when you're ready. I mean, it's wonderful to have, of course, supportive partners and friends and family. Sometimes people without infertility, even if they're well-meaning, they often say things that are dismissive of your emotions or they're trying to be comforting, but doesn't feel that way. And you can't turn it off. Like once you tell Aunt Susie that you've got an embryo transfer coming up in a month, she's going to ask because she cares. Sometimes you just need to like share those feelings and in a fertility group, they would understand if you skipped a meeting or you just kind of need a break. Yeah. And there's been multiple people who have come to the group who are like, you guys are the only ones that know, or like, you know, I've told my sister and you guys, and that's it because they don't want to have to do the follow-up or they're worried about what people might say or not say. Back to infertility being so isolating is there's no, you know, guidebook on what to do when someone tells you that they're going through it. My sister-in-law recently got diagnosed with breast cancer and she's doing good, but immediately the support that I saw her get was amazing. Suddenly she had meals delivered. I was sending her care packages, you know, looking on Amazon for the best moisturizer cream and all this stuff. And I literally thought, gosh, if people could say I'm going or I have to do IVF or I've been trying for two years and people stepped up the way that they do for like a cancer diagnosis, it would be another world. We wouldn't need these support groups. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a playbook for cancer. There's not really a playbook for infertility support. Right. Normalizing infertility and miscarriage and struggle would help shatter that stigma. 
your doctor is obviously providing, you know, all of their recommendations, but it's helpful to have some knowledge as a patient to say, you know, hey, I heard about this and I really want to try it and advocate for yourself. And so that type of stuff is so great, you know, that it happens. You know, something little is shared and it can be the game changer. Even though all these people are living such different lives, you know, we connect on this one piece and it's like instantly, I get you, I see you, this, thank you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for how much you are doing to support this community. I always tell everybody about Resolve and your group. Thank you. And But now you're helping on an even broader scale. So how can they find you? Well, for the local group, it's just reaching out to me at my email, which is just bellevue.resolve at gmail.com. Then I'm also on Instagram, Fertilla Tribe. I'm on there as well and share stuff about the support group there. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed catching up with my friend and former patient Kim Nicholson. I loved hearing her perspective on how a fertility support group helped her through her own journey. And I hope you've learned more about group therapy support for fertility and whether this option is right for you. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Shaheen, and this is Baby or Bust. If you like this episode, let us know. Give us a five-star review and follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Baby or Bust is produced by Mark Ramsey, Jamie Solis, and Greg Moga. Executive produced by Paul Anderson, Nick Pinella, and Andrew Greenwood for Workhouse Media. Baby or Bust is a Mark Ramsey Media production. If you're considering sperm donation as a part of your family building journey, it is important to find a trusted, reliable, and professional sperm bank to work with. I refer my own patients to Seattle Sperm Bank, and I've heard excellent feedback from patients about their experience working with these professionals. Learn more at seattlespermbank.com. That's seattlespermbank.com.